Welcome back to the Wheel Take Silly podcast. I'm Nick, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Andy here. It is July 19th, and yesterday we did our uh, part one of the Seattle expansion draft where we went through Anaheim to Minnesota and picked uh, players from each of those teams for Seattle. So now, with part two, we're going to go from Montreal all the way down to Winnipeg. And uh, let's to start us off, it'll be Montreal. Um, there's a lot of options here. Uh, you have Philippe Deneau, Jonathan Drouin, Corey Perry, Brent Kulak, Eric Gustafson, Carey Price, notably Paul Byron. Um, you can even pick Eric Stahl, Thomas Tatar. It's, you got options here. Um, Philippe Deneau, I guess the issue with him is his contract negotiation isn't going well. I even saw, uh, a, a rumor at this point that his Montreal house is being uh, put up for sale. So uh, it's not looking good on that front for Montreal fans. And he's actually from the Quebec area as well. So many uh, Montreal fans are a little bit worrisome about how those dealings are going. And then they're also worried about Carey Price as well, losing him after the incredible run he just had in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, but I think a lot of people expect Seattle to pick Carey Price, and they wouldn't be wrong to pick him. Um, he just comes at a very high uh, a cap deal, and I also heard today to kind of confirm that they were going to pick Carey Price. They are willing to pay, uh, I guess, the bonuses, too, for Carey Price if Seattle were to select um, Carey Price. Management got the okay to... to um, give him those bonuses. So they might even be all in on Carey Price. Who knows? Uh, he will be injured, I heard, for most of the season, I think due to a, a hip injury he possibly sustained in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you'll pick him, but you'll likely not get a lot of starts from him this season. But it would be an interesting pick uh, for Seattle. Yeah, and then Seattle can have a uh, X dollars over the cap uh mantra at the end of their first season maybe who knows uh the carry price pick in montreal is a really interesting one uh weber's open too i think um both those guys are definitely turning my eyes um thomas tatar another one i honestly i hate to say this i think eric stahl is um Man, I don't want to say this because I think it sounds worse than it is, but I think he's washed up. I, I think he's now just stuck in that fourth line role. And, uh, you know, he had that blunder in the postseason uh, behind his own net, passing it right to, I don't even remember what game or series it was, but um, he's not, you know, he's not who he was, obviously, when he first started or when he was with the Canes. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like, uh, I, I thought before, like yesterday, if we did this one yesterday, I probably would have said Weber, but after all the talk today, uh, between yesterday's recording and today, there's been a lot of, uh, team meetings in the front office of Seattle and they've been taking some, like a lot of different deep dives on picking up price. So it's certainly on the table. Um, We'll see where it goes. I would like to go with Weber if I was uh, Ron Francis. But hey, there's like an endless amount of, of 
things you could go. You could even look at like Olafsson, Gustafsson. Again, I, I think I said it, Tatar I like. Um, and then you mentioned Philip Denault having the uh, negotiation problems going on. So he might even be an option later on, you know. Uh, is he is he going to be a free agent? Yeah, he would be. Yep. Okay, yeah. So he's he, UFA at that. Oh, so they could even just talk to him off to the side anyways if they if they had interest in him, which might make going after Price a little bit more enticing. You can get one and two, maybe. So yeah. that's interesting. I agree. The yeah, the miscue, by the way, you were mentioning about uh, uh, Eric Stahl, Stahl. That was to Nicholas Waugh. And I forget what game okay. it was. I know it was in Montreal. I just don't know if it was game three, four, or six. Um, but whatever the case, it was to uh, to Nicholas Waugh in front of the net. And then I completely forgot to go through the protected, so I'll do that now. Uh, Josh Anderson is protected. It's Joel Armia, Jake Evans, Brendan Gallagher, Yasberry Kakaniemi, Arturi Lekkinen, Tyler Toffoli, Ben Schrott, Joel Edmondson, Jeff Petrie, and Jake Allen. Um, I was previously mentioning when it was first released that Carey Price was going to waive a no-movement clause and be exposed for the Seattle draft. I was saying how brilliant it was by Mark Bergevin to do this um, because, one, uh, Jake Allen was rumored to be picked by Seattle. Uh, it seemed like Seattle had a lot of interest in Jake Allen. Uh, so the move by Mark Bergeron to protect him and expose Carey Price, I thought was brilliant because then it came out that Carey Price was going to battle an injury. And, you know, with that being said, he probably wasn't going to have many starts this season and he may not be uh, up to par like he was in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So to me, that was kind of like a a bold move by Mark Bergeron to make, but certainly could pay off here if, Carey Price isn't picked, and they were to go with somebody else it's, like Shea Weber. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's almost like a no lose scenario from Montreal's perspective. I would think it's um, what does he have four or five years left at ten million dollars? I mean, that is a lot of money to be paying a guy. That's a heck of a lot of money to be paying a goalie too, uh, specifically. Five, five years, years left, left. That's 10, ten million, and you basically probably don't have him for the first year. You, you're eating ten million for the first year. Well, you, um, you, I guess you could put him on the uh, long-term injured reserve. You can put him but on that still, list, like, but he won't, and he won't be a cap hit. But you're still paying the guy right. that month. Yeah. Um, and from Montreal's perspective, he was a he was a great goalie for them this year. Obviously. Um, Jake Allen, they have enough confidence in to uh, bridge the gap between his return and and just prior. Um, So if they don't go with him, if Seattle doesn't choose to pick him, Montreal still has him. Uh, They still, you know, he's going through their rehab. He's just continuing his efforts with them. Um, And they don't have to worry. If he does get picked, that's $10 back in their pocket. to, to move forward and, and look for other signings or maybe pay guys that they think deserve it, like Cole Caulfield. Who yeah. knows? Yep. It's exactly. almost a no-lose, I think. It was a yeah. huge, huge brain move. 
and Philippe Deneau is a UFA uh, who is 28 years old. And even looking at Jonathan Duran, he would come at a $5.5 million cap hit at age 26. He um, bowed out, I believe, mid-season or late mid-season uh, this past season due to personal reasons. So uh, I don't know if he'd be likely to start next season, but you can go there as well. Uh, Drew in very similar to like a Max Domi where he had good years, but you know, just seems to kind of fizzle out the further he goes on. So it would be a risky pick by uh, by Seattle here, but they have options in Montreal if they uh, if they really needed to to look for some depth or even to look for for some options uh, with some of other teams that are lacking. Like for example, when we went over Buffalo and, and Chicago, there weren't really many options to choose from. Uh, so you kind of had to just look at it one way there, but here's a here's a team that you could look at really, you know, like we mentioned about Garrett Price, take a deep dive in some of these players and and see where you, where you can go with it. Uh, so it it makes things interesting, that's for sure. And I I don't think they could go wrong here picking with whoever they want, uh, but I think picking Carey Price is is probably a bigger risk than a reward. Um, just because he'd be injured and then coming back from an injury, could he be, you know, a starter or is he going to start slipping down into that 1B kind of role where he's not a starter anymore, but he's definitely a good backup. Uh, similar to, I think, what the New York Islanders have with Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice, where none of them were really the starter. It's just one was a 1A, one was a 1B. Um, yeah, a lot of teams have been playing that format. Boston yeah. does it. Uh, Carolina did it for a while. I hope they're getting away from that when the Dalkovich's breakout season now. Um, it, it is. It's it's just one of those. It's a it's a way to run a team, and more teams are going with that lately. So if Seattle wants to be comfortable doing that, there's a good amount of goalies out there that they can pick a nice one A one B combo. Probably. Probably arguably one of the best 1A, 1B combos around, I think. I would agree, absolutely. Um, moving on, we'll go to uh, to Nashville here real quick. Uh, Nashville decided to protect Philip Forsberg, Tender Janot, Luke Cunning, Alexander Carrier, Matthias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Roman Yossi, Philippe Myers, and UC Soros. Uh, so you have Pecorine, who's available, but again, he's retired, uh, which I think we mentioned with Ryan Miller, where he announced his retirement but was still available to be picked. Uh, so it's kind of confusing, but I guess it's just because they weren't protected, they're going to be available. Um, you have Matt Benning available, Jakob Trenin, uh, Colton Sissons, Ryan Johansson is, is definitely a... a uh, and even Matt Duchesne. So Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, they're definitely a, an interesting site, but I, I just don't see Seattle picking them up for the, the cap pit that they're at. And especially with Ryan Johansson play as of late, he's, I think, just really struggled in his role uh, with the team. Uh, and then picking him up for that cap hit, man, I just, I don't see it. Uh, but, you know, you, you got some, you got some other names out there like Rocco Gamaldi, Eric Halla. I don't know where they go um, here with with uh, Nashville. Um, it, to me, it kind of seems like a forward would be the way to go here. Um, you can even go a defenseman. Nashville is definitely known to be a pretty 
defensively depth team similar to Carolina. So you could even go with Ben Harper or, or Matt Benning if you wanted to. But again, another team you have a lot of options, but I similar to what you said about Skinner and Pokesill yesterday, um, where you you don't want to be tempted by them. I would say the same thing with Ryan Johansson and, and Matt Duchesne. Yeah, I I definitely agree with uh Duchesne on that. Um it's it's a little surprise. Well, maybe it's not surprising, but I mean, Duchesne likes the Nashville area. He he moved to Nashville before he went there. Um, that was sort of a sign that we all knew that he was going there. Uh, but I yeah, I don't like the Duchesne pick for Seattle. I'm a little bit more open to the Johansson one, uh, but I but I can see where you're coming from. For me, it's just, I think it's just between two guys. It's Grandland and Howla for me. Um, you know, Howla, the Hurricanes have had some time with him. He was he was great in Vegas uh, when he started in that expansion dra- uh, draft. He's a guy that you could you could make him your captain or an alternate. Uh, you know, one of the, you could make, you could turn him into a veteran guy or a franchise guy um, if you think that much about him. And uh, Grandland, I just I liked his his play style, especially uh, coming up to the end of the season there. Uh, Nashville during the regular season definitely was putting their foot to the floor on us. Uh, we ended this the regular season I think with two maybe three games um, against them, and they won both of them. Uh, and then we went right into the uh, best of seven series with them. And I did like Randlin's play all the way through it. So those two guys for me, I, I agree with you, though. I think you probably want to look for a forward from this team. Um, yeah, I don't um, – it's, it's I'm not too keen on some of the defense. Yeah, yeah it I, is. Think they have, I think they have more forward depth. And I, I like to pick by Mikael Granlin. The only thing would be is he's a UFA, so they'd have to sign him. Uh, so okay. This would be somebody they talk to. Um, during the, the free agency and see if they sidebar and then pick him. Uh, and Eric gotcha. Hala, I want to say, is also in that scenario, but I could be. I don't think he can go wrong there. Yeah, he is a UFA as well, Eric Hala. Yeah, forward, uh, I think, pick a forward, get some depth. Even Nick Cousins, um, he was touted to be a, a pretty big prospect when he came into the NHL, and he you know, he's still got some years on him. He's 27 years old. He's He's a left winger and a center, so you can get a guy who's pretty versatile in, in either uh, spot, and he makes only $1.5 million, so I, I agree. Pick a forward from Nashville, um, so their defensive depth is nice. I think they got a lot more uh, better options offensively. Um, mm-hmm. But moving on, we will go to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they have protected Jesper Brat. Nico Heischer, uh, Jan Kuokanen, uh, Michael McLeod, Igor Sharangovich, Miles Wood, Pavel Zaka, Ryan Graves, Damian Severson, Jogan Siegenthaler, and Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, Graves was traded to the Devils uh, because Colorado knew they couldn't protect him or didn't want to protect Graves, so they traded him to the Devils. And he was immediately put on the protected list by them. 
Um, looking at their available, uh, PK Subban sticks out, but again, I feel like that's just another player you throw in the category of the Skinners, of the Oposos, of the of the Johansons, and of the uh, Duchesnes. Where it would be nice to pick them, but at the price that they come at and their age, it's just a risky pick. Uh, Aaron Dell, a goaltender, but again, I think that there's other options for for goaltenders. Uh, this one is is actually kind of difficult. It's similar to Buffalo, where they just don't have many options. You got Andreas uh, Johnson. Um, that could be an option for them. Will Butcher, Connor Carrick. Yeah, I, it's kind of tough on this one. I, I wouldn't know who to go with here. I almost say it's really tough, man. Uh, this, this, uh, hey, this is another team you can maybe just throw a dart at the board and get lucky you know you might find something uh to our point yesterday on yesterday's episode look into these guys histories see if they have any connections to someone you're eyeing and um if they do you know maybe pick them up and see if they get any chemistry back from the good old days you never know what you can get from that uh as far as specifically i i almost like the suban pick um the thing is, is if you pick P.K. Subban, I think you really need to nail, like, I think you need to hit the rest of the defensive picks you make out of the park almost. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, he's a guy, he's a very offensively geared uh, defenseman. And he can he can sometimes get caught back uh, and create odd man, or caught low and, and uh, create odd man rushes against you. So for me, I mean, Besides him, I like uh, the A.J. Greer, uh, the forward, but this one is a tough one. Like I said, maybe just throw a dart at the board and see if you get a guy who maybe finds a little something extra in the tank when he starts practicing with you guys, you know. Yeah, maybe even try and find like a a late prospect bloomer that um, New Jersey just didn't seem to be able to develop. Maybe you ought to just pick somebody that, that's young and, and good point respect for them and, and see if you can maybe develop them better. Uh, PK Subin only has one year left on his $9 million uh, AAV. Uh, so, I mean, if they really wanted to pick him, they could. Uh, it's an edgy pick. It is an edgy and, pick. Um, and and I think it almost knocks price out of the, yeah. out of the question. Yeah. You know, if you go with Subin, I think you really kind of have to let go of price. Yeah. And they're definitely more focused on price than they are on Subban. So probably don't even expect to see Subban's name. <laughs> no, I would agree with what we've said. Just go with maybe a prospect who uh, who maybe blossomed late or, or just throw a dart at the board here. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, right. huge, huge, uh, huge benefit for you. Um, We'll move on to the the New York Islanders. They have decided to protect Matthew Barzell, Anthony Bovillier, Cal Clutterbuck, Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Brock Nelson, John Gabriel Pajot, Scott Mayfield, Adam Pellick, Ryan Polak, and Simeon Varlamov. Uh, they have a lot of options um, to pick from. You have Travis Zajac, Richard Ponick, Kyle Palmieri. 
Jordan Eberle. Casey Sezekis, that actually might be a pretty good pick. Josh Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, they got some options here. Eberle. I kind of like this list. Um, there was one other name. Where'd it go? Oh, Andy Green, if you need yep. a defenseman. Um, yeah, Sezekis is the name that I went to first, and then Josh Bailey close behind it, I think. And even Eberly. Uh, here's another team you could probably score a pretty decent forward from. Um, Kyle Palmieri, you could pick him up and and uh, ask him to be the veteran guy, be the um, uh, sort of the Martinuk of this team kind of thing, that fourth-line guy who just grinds it out, shift in, shift out, keeps the boys focused, keeps them loose during the season. Um, but I really like Sezekis in the end. Yeah, he um, he is a UFA, so again, that would have they'd have to sign him to a deal. Josh Bailey is a five million dollar cap hit for the next three years. Uh, Palmieri is a UFA. Um, they got a lot of people on this list, and I think it's just because a lot of them are on expiring contracts. I'll even look up Jordan Eberle real quick. Oh no, he's got five years. Sorry, three years left with five point five million. Uh, the cap hit so you definitely have options and Eberly has seemed to kind of find a home in New York so a little surprising that they didn't protect him but I guess given his age and his cap hit they probably took a chance on on uh, exposing him to see if uh, if they you know pass on him uh, what's interesting though is they decided to protect Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck and the missing pieces Casey Sezekis uh, because that's technically like their identity line. That That is their identity line. That's a line, uh, if you watch New York throughout the playoffs this year, anytime they got scored on or anytime they scored, they would throw that line right out there to, to get momentum right back. And they're a very, very successful uh, line in a group of, of players together. So I find it very interesting that they protected those two, um, which, may, which makes and me feel that, that uh, Lou Lamarillo has got to be... Um, Signing cases Ezekiel, I would assume that he he's got a deal already done. It's just you know see who Seattle picks, and then once they pick whoever they pick from the Islanders, he's going to sign Ezekiel because I just don't see them being split up. They're they're such a good line. I agree. Uh, and then lastly, I'll just mention uh, Joshua Ho Sang. He um man, I don't know what year he was picked. Uh, it feels like forever ago. But he was supposed to be, you know, a, a very uh, good uh, prospect that they, they picked in the draft. But he just has not blossomed into that player. He was picked in 2014, 28th overall. Uh, but I guess the issue with him, I saw a video kind of documenting his career. Um, you know, he just seems to to be a player who doesn't want to improve or uh, or a guy who just doesn't want to put in the effort. You know, kind of relies solely mm-hmm. on his skill, um, and then mm-hmm. he doesn't get, you know, a, a promotion, so to say, or he doesn't fit into New York, uh, New York's lineup. Uh, you know, he 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 might start to have behavioral issues, is what I heard. A so problem child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and I know that for a long time now they've been trying to to deal him, uh, and they just have not found a buyer which is kind of surprising because I feel like at this point, New York would take anything to get him off their hands. 
Yeah, so it might they might not even be getting offers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's it's like tell me a little bit about him and then once they hear what he's like, it's you just hear the, the dial tone. Um but that brings us now to uh New York Rangers. And the New York Rangers uh protected Pavel Buchnevich, uh Philippe Cheadle, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Kevin Bruni. Ryan Strom, Mika Zabinajad, Labor Hashik, or Hajik, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, and Alexander Georgiev, uh, which leaves Barkley Goudreau available. Uh, I just saw something, uh, a report saying that um, once the, oh man, what's, I forget the term, but they already have a deal done with um, Barkley Goudreau. I think it's the roster freeze. Yeah, the roster freeze. Once that's done, uh, they're they're going to sign him likely to a six-year contract with an AAV of 3.6. So I don't see Seattle possibly picking him. Uh, I thought that once they traded uh, Goudreau, or Goudreau to the uh, Rangers, I thought, man, if they don't protect him, I'd see Seattle taking him. But they must have already had a deal done. I don't know why else you would take somebody and not protect them. Um, outside of that, there's not really much here. You got Brandon Smith, Jack Johnson, uh, Tony D'Angelo, uh, Philippe DiGiuseppe, Colin Blackwell. You know, n- not too many picks here. Uh, yeah, another one where I think the goalie available is pretty decent, but uh, given the situation of goalies, it's not as enticing anymore. No. Um, Brendan Smith is a little bit, Jack Johnson a little bit, but yeah, other than him, is is really just good draw for me. Yeah, I I don't know if Seattle could pick him, and I would I wouldn't know how that goes. I mean, if, if New York kind of already has a backdoor deal, uh, they're just waiting for. Seattle to pick somebody besides him. Um, the issue becomes if they do pick Goudreau, then what happens? Um, maybe his was right there, to go to Seattle. Was there know. like a trade or something that they did to protect him? Uh, to protect who? Goudreau? Goudreau, yeah. Yeah, so they traded him. They traded for him, but they didn't protect him. So... No, I mean, like, did they make a trade with Seattle to protect? Oh no, no, I, not that I've seen. No, nope, it's it wasn't the. Huh. Yeah, which is why it's really weird that they'd be ready to sign him because it's just like, well, you haven't gotten through the the expansion draft yet, so there's still a chance that Seattle could select him. Um, and then, given that knowledge, they could select Goudreau and say, okay. Uh, you know, trade me this or that to get him back. Get him back, yeah. Um, Colin Blackwell, um, besides Goudreau, I think would be a, another solid option here. I thought he had a really good season um, playing with uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Um, Lafreniere definitely had a struggling rookie season. Uh, it took him a while to score his first goal. Uh, and then he met the Buffalo Sabres, and it just worked out. Um, but, you know, Colin Blackwell, I thought, really helped uh, Lafreniere to kind of find his groove and, and, and help him. So 
you know, they could pick with Colin Blackwell. I, I don't think that'd be bad. Um, How old is he? So Colin Blackwell is 28 years old, and he's got a cap hit of $725,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Very, That's very cheap. cheap option. Uh, that, only that has, might be a league minimum, actually. Yeah. He only, he only has one year left on that, so it'd be a UFA after the coming season. But That's not a bad option. I don't think so. I mean, especially if you know Goudreau is likely to, to sign with the Rangers, maybe you just say, okay, we'll, we'll pass on Goodrow and just take uh, Blackwell. I don't know if they can do any day of deals, but maybe they could work out something with New York to protect Goodrow, get some right. stuff for that. And then pick up Blackwell, and then yeah. they don't even have to go through the hassle of saying we take Goudreau and what do you want back for him? Now they get everything they want, really. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they can do a deal. The deadline for like deals beforehand was um, it's Saturday too. Okay, all right. Their protected list, and then once Seattle got the protected list. They could then start going through and looking at each team and going, okay, let's let's look at this person, let's look at that. Um, so again, I I would assume gotcha. that Seattle picks Goodrow, or why why wouldn't they pick Goodrow? Yeah, that um, I agree. That, that that seems like another no brainer. We'll see though. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, who they pick uh, from from the Rangers. Um, moving to Ottawa, they have protected Drake Batherson, Con- Connor Brown, Logan Brown, Nick Paul, Brady Kachuk, Austin Watson, Colin White, Thomas Shabbat, Victor Mete, Nikita Zaitsev, and Philip or Philly Gustafson, uh, which left Matt Murray exposed. Um, it left Chris Tierney exposed, Derek Stepan. Ryan Dezingle, that'd be an option. Evgeny Dadnoff, Artemi or Artem Anisimov. Uh, just looking quickly through, I I would probably pick Dezingle. Really? I was thinking either him, but I was probably going Dadnoff over him. But uh, yeah, I do I, like the Dezingle pick too. Oh, uh, so you and I were thinking alike. It's just we were reversed. He would be my right. next pick. Um. Dezingle uh, would move. Yeah, he's a UFA, I think. Is he? Yeah. Stepan Stepan is a decent one. He's a veteran guy. You could go with him for veteran status. Um, <laughs> Matt Murray, man, I don't, I don't know. He's not. We've not mentioned we've contract. mentioned him before, and oh yeah, I didn't even consider his contract, but. Yeah, I just uh, I think with the forwards that are in this team that are available, I think you have a much better ROI looking at you if you go with one of them than if you go with Matt Murray, who's a bit of a question mark right now with his play, and he's also a bit of a dollar sign, I guess. How much did you have on that? Uh, Matt Murray, I'm pretty sure, is at $6 million. Okay, that's decent money for a goalie. Oh, even it's almost ten percent of the cap. Yeah, even worse. He's actually six million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the yeah. next three years. Age twenty-seven, uh, but has certainly balled off. I would say. 
Definitely. Um, yeah, Dzingle, Dadnoff. I'm trying to look at Dadnoff, but can't uh, seem to find him. I'm just trying to find his contract. Um, Dzingle's a solid pick. He's a I, guy. Uh, he's a guy who could play second line minutes. He can play first line, third line minutes. He's a team player in my eyes, regardless of his team. Okay, so it looks like Dadnoff is a $5 million cap hit for the next two seasons. So okay, an, another option you can go there. A little pricey, but, you know, I think Dadnoff definitely has this skill. It's a, it's a little pricey, but it's comparable money to Matt Murray, and I think that money is just much more valuable in the forward department. Yeah, uh, I'd rather be paying a forward $5 million, $6 million than than a goalie if, if, if I needed to, you know. Yeah, uh, and then Dzingel is a UFA, so uh, if they pick him, it'd be a signing issue. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Dadnoff definitely struggled with Ottawa, but he didn't really have as many weapons, I feel like, in Ottawa. Uh, whereas with Seattle, maybe a new change of scenery as well as just new new players could probably... Yeah, new surrounding. New surrounding, uh, uh, you know, new management. I mean, there's a whole different... There's so many factors into a player's play besides, you know, what you see on the ice. Coaching staff, management, all that. It, it all factors into how, how a player plays. Yep. And I feel like Dadnoff coming back to the NHL um, and maybe just getting a change of scenery and, and just a fresh start could definitely help him, especially after his returning year to the NHL went a bit of a disappointment. But uh, yeah, they, they got options in, in Ottawa. Um, we will now move on to the Philadelphia Flyers, who decide to pick or uh, protect uh, Nicholas Abbe Kubel, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindholm, or Lindblom, Ryan Ellis, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, and Carter Hart, uh, which obviously left, um, uh, who is it? Yeah, Yakov Voracek available. Um, as well as Shane Gossespierre, Robert Haig, um, Justin Braun, James Van Riemsdyk is available. Uh, you know, they, they, I would I would assume that Seattle probably takes either James Van Riemsdyk or Jakub Voracek. Um, Jakub Voracek, man, he's really slipped, which kind of sucks because I liked him as a as a flyer, but with his cap hit of eight point two five million, it's it's definitely not. Into, uh, it's definitely not enticing. Enticing for them, you know, especially at age thirty-one. Yeah, that pit. Who is that, Voracek? Yep. Yeah, Voracek. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. I mean, he's you know thirty-one. I feel like people start to judge you a little bit more and say uh, once they're above the age of thirty, their production goes down. But there are certainly players who. You know, age like fine wine just seem to get better or at least plateau. They don't necessarily keep going or keep getting better, but they don't also slip. Um, but he has certainly slipped. Uh, and I think I would probably put him, now that I know his cap hit, um, I would probably put him in the category of the Skinners, the Posos, uh, Duchesne, just because, you know, paying that much money to somebody who doesn't seem like they're on the rebound. Um, 
I really like the JVR pick. Yeah. Um, you know, his brother was a cane for a while, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and I mean, JVR is just such a nice, like, solid-bodied forward in my eyes. He's He's got age with him. He's a veteran. He's got a clean head on his shoulders. I, I like JVR a lot. He's the guy that you could really turn into your franchise guy, too. Um, in fact, I think more so than anyone else. I, I, I almost... This is sort of like a sleeper pick, I think. I think JVR would, I think, be a pretty underrated pick if they went with him. Um, I certainly would like him to back me up on that if they do go with him. So we'll see. Well, Looking at Pouliot, too, and as well as Gossespierre. Um, But other than those three guys, especially after you mentioned Voracek, his age and his contract hit, I like those three guys. Yeah, um, but what were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say in your defense to pick James and Reams, like he did uh, have a hell of a bounce back season this year. I at, thought he did. I didn't want to no, say had, that and be wrong. He was at one point. He was in the top uh, ten of NHL scoring this season, and his he was staying on pace with it for a good chunk of it as well. Yeah. Um, so he he definitely rebounded, and you know he's an American guy, so obviously I'm a a big fan of his, and I always have been when when he was a Leaf, when he was a, a Flyer originally. Uh, I was a big fan of him, but you know his play started to dwindle, and you started to get, you know, like okay, was he really up to a standard, or did he kind of just was he a hyped player that hasn't just met his potential? But I think for the time being, you know, definitely would be a pretty underrated pick by Seattle. The cap hits high, but again. Uh, with a guy who just had a really good season, I feel like you could definitely take a, a chance on him. He's only got, I think, two years left on that deal. Yeah, only two years left on that deal with with seven million. Uh, and he's a he's a guy who I think that you could, you know, if you made him feel at home in Seattle, and and you know, he was really, uh, you know, shaking or scratching their back while they were really scratching his. He's a guy who would come around for a cap-friendly contract uh, when it comes back up, especially if Seattle's seeing success in a couple of years with him on the team, in my eyes. I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm just trying to see what when he scored or where he scored at. He's not in the top 50 for NHL scoring. Yeah, I can't really find out. He's not definitely top 150. Yeah, but he still has a respect season. And I think I think that that's who they go with. Like you said, if they make him feel at home in Seattle, give him maybe an A. Give him an A on his jersey. I wouldn't make him the captain, but give him the A. Make sure that you definitely. you uh you take care of him and you show him that you you respect him, and especially with the years he has in this league. It wouldn't be a bad idea, and, and maybe afterwards he decides to stay in Seattle, like you said. Uh, I thought it, that's actually a good point by you. Uh, but now we go to their rivals in Pittsburgh. Uh, they are protecting Teddy Bluger, Jeff Carter, Sidney Crosby, Jake Guznetzel, um, Kasperi Kapanen, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, Brian Dumoulin, Chris Letang, Mike Matheson, and Tristan Jari. You have Casey DeSmith, who's available. Um, you have 
Cody Cece, who's available, Jason Zucker, uh, Brandon Tanev, who a lot of uh, Pittsburgh Penguins fans seem to be upset that they didn't protect him, uh, which is understandable. I thought that Brandon Tanev was just really good, uh, really good forward uh, for for Pittsburgh. Definitely a huge penalty killer as well. Um, you know, we mentioned it with past players. Um, you know, if you want to get a guy who's really good on the, on the penalty kill, Brandon Tannen is your guy. Um, it's surprising to me that they decided to expose Casey DeSmith and keep Jari. Personally, I think DeSmith is the better goaltender than Jari. Um, I don't know if this is, you know, trying to keep the, the goaltender that has the less value, um, but I, I don't think that DeSmith is making more than Jari. Not by much. Um, but you certainly have options here. I honestly would pick Tanev, but uh, Zucker is definitely a guy that's kind of you get in my eye. Okay. I'm, I'm mainly looking at defense. I'm looking at CC and DeSmith. Um, but your Tanev point is a good one to, to be made. And um, I, I, you know what? I really like the Jeff Carter protection. That's what I was actually looking at yeah. for a while here. Um, yeah. I thought that was a nice boat of confidence in Jeff Carter. I think the guy really deserves it. Um, and so I'm glad to see that he was protected. Uh, hopefully that doesn't mean they're just trying to dish him off and get something yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I thought with the goaltending choice for protection. Okay, um, but so maybe not. They they might stay in on Jari. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Jari's only got two years left. Cap hit of three point five million. This Smith was the cheaper goaltender, like I said. Cap hits one point two five million for just this next season. So he, he's on an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just I found it weird because I thought DeSmith was the better goaltender. Uh, I feel like a lot of Penguins fans didn't necessarily uh, like what they saw out of Jari from this season. Uh, maybe they didn't see him as a as a starter just yet. Yeah, a lot of the league, I think, has taken notice of some of the struggles Jari has gone through in Pittsburgh. It's you know he's very very similar to Murray. Uh, yeah, where that that glove side man, it's yeah, it's where you want to shoot. I don't know if it's it has a. That the um, goaltending coach coaches these players, or at least trains these players, but they just seem to have weak glove sides. Um, I noticed I that with Jari agree. against the Islanders, and it's just like, man, if you go glove glove side, and even in the regular season, you know, if you go glove side on, on Jari, you got a good chance it's going in. Cody CC, that's another idea. And Jason Zucker, I just want to look up Jason Zucker. If he's on an expiring contract or if he's a UFA. Now, so he's making $5.5 million for the next two years, uh, age 29. Zucker? Yeah, Zucker. I, I like that pick. He's still relatively he's young. I feel like he's, he'd definitely be, I, I think, a top forward on the Seattle team. Maybe, he, I would say that if Seattle picks him, they can pick him and put him in a, a top six role um, with Seattle. Whereas if Pittsburgh were to keep him, he'd probably stay on that third line or maybe find some time on the, on the second line. But overall, 
I feel like he'd get a lot more playing time uh, from Seattle and see a lot more ice time. You know, you know what? If that's the case, I think I would go with him then. Um, throughout, you know, we're getting down the list here. We're on to Pittsburgh, and I know I've been really focused on the defense, and we've been mentioning, you know, bottom six forwards a lot and veteran guys here. So I'm going to go with Zucker here. Um, they need some top top forwards yeah. if they're going off of our recommendations. So let's help them out. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's why I kind of wanted to go with Zucker here because it's like we've been picking some bottom six guys that are yeah. pretty good. But I think it's starting to – you just want to start seeing – You need to start rounding players. the team out if if you're yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't and we are. You can't pick a whole offense that just sees – that has just played third and fourth line minutes. You can't expect <laughs> Um, but we'll go to uh, San Jose here, San Jose Sharks. They protected Rudolph Balsers, uh, Logan Couture, Jonathan Dalene, Dalen, uh, Tomas Hurdle, Evander Kane, Kevin LeBanc, Timo Meyer, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Aiden Hill. And they protected Aiden Hill after trading, I believe, Dubnik. Or no, they traded for... Aaron or Aiden Hill from uh, the Coyotes, that's who it was, and then decided to protect him. Um, so that leaves Martin Jones available, uh, Greg Pattern, um, Marcus Sorensen, Patrick Marlowe's available, uh, Curtis Gabriel, Ryan Donato. Um, it's kind of tough here. Uh, again, it, maybe you go with Patrick Marlowe to get some veteran presence on this uh, team, but I feel like he probably retires uh, shortly after or maybe even before next season. Uh, who knows? So it'd probably be too risky to pick Marlowe. Uh, maybe you go with Ryan Donato or, or Curtis Gabriel here. Um, Gabriel seemed to be a pretty uh, energetic forward, similar to like a Warren Fogel. Uh, you know, he's not going to show up on the scoring scoreboard a lot, but he's certainly, uh, certainly energetic and in a very very good forward checker. I think you pick Ryan Donato here, um, you know, especially because if we were to pick uh, Zucker from Pittsburgh, well, him and Donato have, have a history together. So you put them on a line and, and maybe those two guys find some chemistry because um, it, it's what you want to do. Like we mentioned, you know, you want to find guys who have had previous history and, and bring them back or bring them together so that way they can rekindle their, their uh, past days. Ryan Donato is an RFA, so there might be just an issue there with picking him. But if you can pick him and get him, and then you also get Zucker, like I said, you got a, a history of the two there who can, um, you know, maybe find help each other out and find their games. Who knows? Yeah, sorry, sorry about that pause there. I was I'm trying to look up um specific player, but. I'm looking at a uh, Sorensen, maybe even Matt Nieto. Um, yeah, I was Marlo's, looking at too. Yeah, I was looking at that's who I was trying to look up. I was trying to look up his point total for this past season just now. Oh, Nieto. Uh, it was, yeah, I was fumbling pretty hard though. I'll, uh, I'll do that for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, him, Sorensen, uh, Marlo, obviously a veteran option. I, I don't know how much time though he has left in this league. Uh, 
So, yeah, he could be a risky option to go with. Um, he's probably a guy that if you think, you know, if you think you can push the playoffs this year, maybe pick him up because uh, he could guide that team through it. But um, anything longer than this year, maybe stay away, stray away. If he's still around in three years, you could probably sign him for a year contract, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to stick with either Sorensen or Nieto, barring those points that you get back with. Yeah. Uh, so Nieto played 28 games this season, five goals, two assists for seven points. And then I'll quickly look up just Ryan Donato. Even though he is a... a we'll see what he is. So he played 50 games, six goals, 14 assists for 20 points. Um, it, it's just getting difficult, I think, for Seattle to find top forwards. I mean, really, yeah. the only one we looked at was Jason Zucker. And, you know, you can try and look at... Uh, you could say Taylor, Taylor Hall. Yeah, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Taylor Hall. Um, Parring that he, you know, doesn't have a similar circumstance that uh, Goodbro has, where they already have a deal signed. Right. Quotes. Uh, and is just waiting for this draft to end to finally sign him. Um, we'll see. Um, but but I think Ryan Donato might be the way to go. Either him or or, or, uh, or Marcus Sorensen or Nieto. Yeah. I just don't see Jones getting picked. And it's kind of even getting harder to pick goalies now. I mean, I just I don't really see goalies that are intriguing. I mean, maybe Casey DeSmith uh, you know, gets few eyes, but you know, why pick him if Zucker's available? Well, and we were talking about, um, what was his name? Kakonen? Kakonen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Minnesota. We, you know, we were really, I think, slamming him with our stamp of approval for as far as, like, younger goaltending goes. I I still stick by that, too. I think he's one of the best goaltending options available right now. I totally back that up. I kind of forgotten about that, but yeah, I, I would definitely, definitely uh, I'll pick him. I think St. Louis is next. Yeah. Yep. So the St. Louis Blues, uh, they have decided to protect Ivan Barbashev, Jordan Cairo, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Braden Chen, Oscar Sundquist, Robert Thomas, Justin Folk, Tori Krug, Colton Perenko, Jordan Finnington, uh, and the interesting thing here is obviously they have left uh, Vladimir Tarasenko to be picked. Mike Hoffman is even available, but I believe Hoffman is a UFA. Uh, you know, talking about a top forward, I think this is where you get it. You either pick Jaden Schwartz, Vladimir Tarasenko, Mike Hoffman, um, even Bozak to some extent, Sandy Blade to some extent. Uh, maybe you just pick those guys just to have another top forward. Uh, the only thing with Vladimir Tarasenko is, is I just don't know if Seattle picks him at, at his price tag as well as just his his um, his attitude and his track record and and uh, I was going to say um, injuries. He's he coming seven point five million dollar uh, cap hit, so it's definitely up there. Um, I think Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz is. Uh, UFA, so again, you might have to shine, sign him. Yeah, he is a UFA, and then I know Mike Hoffman is as well. But I, I think that Mike Hoffman, Jaden Schwartz, and Vladimir Tarasenko definitely 
get my attention because, again, you need a top forward, and I think those three guys could definitely slot in and be a, a top forward for you. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, by the way, was protected over Vladimir Tarasenko, and I heard that's just because of their contract negotiations, similar with Philippe Deneau, where it doesn't seem like it's working out, so they're deciding to expose him. I even think, I could be wrong, but I even think Vladimir Tarasenko had to waive a no-movement clause in order to be exposed uh, to Seattle. Um, so, you know, another interesting note there. There have been a couple, like we mentioned, about Landis Cog. Vladimir Tarasenko, Carey Price. There's definitely a lot of curious decisions, um, but maybe it pays off. Yeah, it just Jordan Jordan Stahl was in there. I know he got protected, but he there was talks about whether or not he was going to uh, be asked to waive that uh, no movement clause. Um, as for me, I, I think it's basically the three you mentioned. I. I'm looking a little bit more at Bozak maybe than I should should be too. Um, I, I want to say Vladimir Tarasenko here. Um, I especially want to say Vladimir Tarasenko if you don't go after Taylor Hall. Um, if, okay. if yeah, if he doesn't get picked up from Boston, I almost want to go with you. Got to go with Tarasenko. You 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 need someone to be. You need a superstar name on your team, yeah. I think. Yep. And so, I, if that's my take, if Taylor Hall isn't picked up, I I'm gonna say you need Tarasenko. If you yep. do get Taylor Hall, you can work around those uh, Schwartz, Tarasenko, and um, Hoffman. Was that the third guy? Yep. So, Hoffman. Okay. Yeah. So I I I think that's how that's gonna go down. Yeah, man. Ah, oh, man, that makes things interesting. Honestly, looking at. Uh, a Taylor Hall, Mike Hoffman duo, or a Taylor Hall, James Schwartz duo, definitely yeah. piques my curiosity, especially if they can get both, or rather all three of those guys signed. Um, you know, it would definitely make it interesting. But like we said, they definitely need to start looking at some top forwards, and I think St. Louis is uh, the market to to do that. Um, totally agree with you know, option. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of options. There's three options here that I think are really solid. And if you really wanted to get uh, a star defenseman, I know we looked at those three guys for forward uh, depth, but Vince Dunn, uh, I guess him and the St. Louis Blues are also having issues with contracts. Um, I even think he was rumored to be traded last uh, not this season's trade deadline, but the previous one, because they were having issues with signing him. So they could go there. He is an RFA, so it, it makes things a little bit difficult with picking him. But, uh, you know, if you don't decide to go the route of a forward, I think Vince Stem would be your, your choice for a defenseman pick. Um, man, it's, I, I would definitely still agree with what you said about Hall. If Hall isn't picked by Seattle, definitely go Tarasenko. It wouldn't be a bad option. You're only giving the guy two years at seven and a half million dollars. You know, it, it'll make yeah. the cap a little bit tight, but again, you kind of need to start forward. And maybe it, to me, it kind of sounds like Vladimir Tarasenko wants a change of scenery. You know, he wants to get out of St. Louis. Um, yeah, him. didn't he ask for a trade? He did. Yeah, he asked for a yeah. trade. So, you know, it sounds like he wants a change of scenery, and Seattle coming in and taking him would be a perfect opportunity for that. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, so now we get to uh, a very highly anticipated team, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. They decided to protect Anthony Sorelli, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev, and Andre Vasilevsky, which made Tyler Johnson available, Yanni Gord available, Blake Coleman available, Al Killorn available, Pat Maroon available, Andre Palat available. Um, what were we just talking about? They still need a top line forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, geez, you got the option. I think if you really wanted a top forward here, Kalorn and Coleman are definitely uh, getting my eye. Even Palat. Palat, dude. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. I mean, if you don't, I don't even. I see Kalorn's name, but I go Palat's name is there. I don't want. I don't want Kalorn. I'd rather go with Palat. Um, huge options here. Go- Yanni Gord, I think, could could step into it. Yeah. Blake Coleman, I mean, any of these guys, really. Tyler Johnson, he's a guy that has been at that level and has fallen off of it. He's a guy that if you give a second chance, he very well might seize the moment, and that might get him going again. So pff, there's, there's tons of options here as far as top-line forwards go. And looking at the defense available, I think you only look at this team's forwards. I agree. I mean, David Savard might be a little bit intriguing to some, uh, not to some, but to, to Seattle. Uh, but I, I, you know, when you have the names that we mentioned previously in, in the forward depth, there's no reason to, to go after uh, a guy like David Savard. Um, I'm just trying to find out Alex Kalorn's uh, contract, but I can't. I'll quickly go through Gord. The, Gord is just making slightly above five million. Kalorn is making four point four five million for just one more year. Uh, so all the guys that we mentioned, Coleman, um, Gord, not Gord, Coleman, Kalorn, and Palat, they are all on expiring contracts, and they're all at a relatively good price. So here's the thing with Kalorn. I don't think Kalorn is an option because, um, and I, I don't, I hate to put a player in this sort of light, but I, I still think it's a, it's a factor. Is I think he's a very much a product of his environment. He's a guy who I think his scoring is up because he has weapons like even Stamkos around him, like Braden Point, Kucherov, Sorelli, um, and those are just the protected guys. Palat. Yeah. So I think if you go with Killorn, expect him to fall off and not quite be what he what, what he is in Tampa. Yeah. Um, that's my take on Killorn. I and I and I honestly mean that in like the most just observing way possible. I I, I know I don't like Killorn, but I also don't just want to badmouth him like this because you know it's. I feel like it's a put down to the guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, and I think it's fair. Uh, I'll quickly um, just kind of look at their stats. They all have very similar stats. So Blake Coleman, 55 games played, 14 goals, 17 assists for 31 points. Um, Yanni Gord, uh, very similar. He had a low goal total, but still I thought it was pretty good. 56 games played, 17 goals, 19 assists, 36 points. Uh, Andre Palat, just to mention him, and I'll move on once we get to him. 
15 goals, 31 assists, 46 points in 55 games played. Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely pick uh, Andre Palat here if they exposed once they exposed him. I feel like it was a no brainer. He's definitely the top forward that we were mentioning they needed. Uh, and if you look at it, their top couple of players could be Zucker, Palat, Tarasenko, Hall. Um, and, you know, instead of uh, Tarasenko, you could even do Schwartz or Hoffman. So, you know, those four guys, those, they're pretty big names. They definitely have proven themselves. Uh, and I do uh, hear what you're saying about Alex Kalorin kind of being a, a product of his environment um, because I feel like he gets a lot of power play points as well. And Andre Pilat, I think, big he time. Make that. But, you know, even still, I feel like Pilat five on five is more of a producer than Kalorin. Uh, lastly, I'll yep. say, me personally, um, I know that this guy has gotten you know, to where he's gotten. He's stuck with the team forever, but I feel like Steven Stamkos could have been exposed. I feel like this team could have kind of let go from Stamkos and moved on from him. Uh, you know, in 38 games played, he had 17 goals and 17 assists for 34 points. So it, he was stellar for them this season. But I, I really feel like if you look at this this roster, Letting go of Steven Stamkos and maybe keeping a Palat or keeping a, a Yanni Gord, a guy who's never. You make a very good point there, yeah. dude. I, I didn't bring it up with San Jose, but I thought like you could probably throw Eric Carlson in that sort of boat just the same. Um, yeah, and when you actually, when you bring up the fact that they could have protected Palat or somebody else instead of Stamkos, I, I, I got to agree with you. That's. You know what? It's not to say that it wasn't in conversation in Tampa. We weren't in the front offices there, so you know we can't shortchange them that much. But if at least it's not being talked about or discussed or ventured, I I think that's a little questioning. That's a smart thing that you brought up there. They could have they could have protected Pilat if they exposed Stamkos, who's getting up there in age and. Kind of getting down there in production, you know. I mean, I know he came back for you into the playoffs uh, after that long-term injury, but I mean, really, and he was cold to start the playoffs. He was cold for a while, I thought. Yeah, so I, I mentioned it because in their 2020 Cup run in the bubble, uh, Steven Stamkos only played like a two-minute and 34-second shift uh, where he scored, uh, and that was it for him. I think it may have been in the game-winning. Uh, game so I think it was yeah. game six but for that whole playoff run they didn't have Stamkos and you know this playoff run yes he was still stellar for them but he's 31 years old he's dealt with so many injuries in his past uh, the guy you know if you want to know somebody who's made a paper or made a glass talking about him and Steven Stamkos that guy is you know his bones his ligaments his hips everything just seems to just shatter when they're touched and he's 31 years old so he's still i mean not relatively right. young but not he's relatively old right um and palat i'll just quickly look at him unless they want to trade him man like that yeah. i guess that's the only thing really that you can say is if they're looking to trade Stamkos this coming year let's see let's see let's circle back to this if they uh, come to trade it yeah, palat's a year younger he's 30. Steven Stamkos comes with a cap at of $8.5 million, so I feel like that, that was the reason why they protected him. Like you said, he's a captain, plus 
maybe you can end up trading him later on and, and getting pieces for him. Yeah. But you know, good good discussion there about about uh Tampa. Like we said, they have they have a plethora of people to choose from for top forwards. And it would be really interesting to see what who Seattle goes with. Um, moving on, we'll go to Toronto, who protected Mitchell Marner, Alton Matthews, William Nylander, John Tavares, J- TJ Brody, Justin Hall, Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, and Jack Campbell. So, of course, Anderson is available. Uh, Travis Dermott is available. Uh, Joe Thornton is available. Wayne Simmons, Jason Spezza, uh, Riley Nashjer. Kerfoot. Hyman. Um, I think that they would go with Kerfoot. I feel like it's been rumored that he's going to go to Seattle. Uh, however, Ker- Kerfoot uh, would probably slot in as their third line center. Um, but I feel like he's been linked to Seattle prior, so I think that's who they go with. Uh, notably, though, Zach Hyman is not being protected. Uh, they seem to be having a lot of issues signing him to a new deal. Um, similarly to um, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko or, or, uh, or a player that just uh, just has has uh, trouble doing contract negotiations like Philip Dumel. Um Jared McCann they recently traded for and they exposed him, so it was kind of curious as to why they traded for him. Um, if you wanted to go with a defenseman, I think Travis Dermott is definitely the guy. Um, and then for goaltenders, I don't think Frederick Anderson would be a bad idea to maybe back up uh, Kakonen or Katkoen. I think it's Kakonen. Uh, I don't think he'd be a bad idea to be their backup. I think he is on an expiring contract. Uh, so be the only. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I even, yeah, I think Hutchinson also, I think you go either with Hutchinson or Anderson for that uh, reasoning. Um, I like Bogosian. Uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe Thornton's there if you want. Um, veteran status. Yeah. Spez is on the table, which um, I don't I don't know if he was like the statement of him wanting to sign if he could sign for less he would i don't know if that was like something exclusive to the toronto thing or if that was like a league just like a league statement if it was any team he would have said that um that just, specifically was for toronto it was so it's it, it'd be tough to see him get picked up on this if, if they want to go for a veteran guy either him or thornton it'd be too bad um but he's, I think he's pretty safe, especially uh, with Kerfoot on the table, even Galchenyak on the table, Hyman too. You do need some more forwards, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, given the rumors I've heard, I think they do select Kerfoot. Uh, I don't really think they're looking at um, like a Zach Bogosian or Travis Dermott, Joe Thornton or a Spezza. So I think those guys are pretty safe. Um so I think Kerfoot does get selected here. Man, if Zach Hyman had a contract, I would have picked him. But because he's he's uh, in a contract year trying to resolve um, getting re-signed, uh, I heard he's also looking to test the open market. Toronto gave permission for him to talk to uh, to the other to other teams. So 
Um, it doesn't sound like Toronto is going to uh, be likely to re-sign Zach Hyman. Um, but like I said, if Zach Hyman were on a deal, I would have picked him over Kerfoot. But because yeah. of the signing, it kind of makes it hard. But who knows? You know, maybe Seattle was in talks. You know, when when Zach Hyman was allowed to talk to other teams, maybe Seattle called and inquired about him. You know, just made a mental note of what he was worth, and then maybe they pick Kerfoot, and then later on in free agency they pick up Zach Hyman. Go after him. Yeah, but I that's a very very plausible uh, scenario. I mean, Zach Hyman. I, I watched a lot of Leafs games uh, in the regular season. They were they are a fun team to watch. Uh, outside of their their um, playoff debacle, but you know he was always a noticeable guy. Very similar to a Warren Fogle with more production. Uh, you know, a, a pick from from Zach Hyman. Huge plus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you're I, making a strong case for him. I I'm I'm high on the guy. I think that his work. <laughs> If the only issue is that he's not on a contract right now and he has to get a new one, that's the only reason why mm-hmm. um, I would probably go Kerfoot over Hyman. But yeah, I'm, I'm I really like watching Zach Hyman play. He, you know, he's a guy who, no matter what the score is, he's going to give you 100%. Right. But uh, we will move on now to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks protected Brock Besser, Jason Dickinson, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Tyler Mott, Tanner Pearson, Elias Pettersson, Oli Ulevi, Tyler Myers, Nate Schmidt, and Thatcher Demko. So you have the option of Braden Holtby here. Does Seattle decide to pick him? It wouldn't be much of a hike. Uh, you know, Vancouver is relatively close, very close to Seattle, so it wouldn't be. Uh, too much of an issue. Uh, they have Jake Furtanen available as well, Jimmy VC available as well. Um, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, of course, exposed, but nobody's going to pick him up. Yeah, so I might even be tempted to pick Holtby up. Uh, I know that he struggled with the Vancouver Canucks, but I think that was more towards uh, their defense rather than his own play. Mm. And I think that Generally speaking, a lot of goaltenders seem to get um, criticized a lot by by certain people or, or by people in general. But what really, if you took a deeper dive and looked at it, it's the defense in front of them that just really can't clear the zone or maybe can't clear the puck away or clog the lanes. Yeah, uh, and and it it definitely um, I think hurt Holpe's career in in Vancouver. But, you know, you could pick him up. I, I don't think that it would be a bad idea. If you wanted to pick up a forward, maybe Jake Bertanian gets your eye. Again, he's been struggling uh, in Vancouver lately. So maybe a change of scenery could really help his game play out. But overall, I, I even... Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just want to throw one more name into the mix. is Alexander Edler. Uh, I do like that option as like a... Um, Maybe a second or third line defenseman, um, but other than him, I'm looking. I, I think Hopi's a pretty solid choice too. Uh, I don't know how many years are left on his contract, but it, it probably isn't too much. Yeah. Um, Louis Erickson exposed, not going to be touched probably. 
Jay Beagle isn't a bad choice. There's there's some options here. You could you could get something out of this team. Mm-hmm. And anyways, yeah. I'll just give this one. Any fantasy people, Bo Horvat has been a sleeper for me for four years now, and a decent one at that. So anyone in those fantasy leagues, take a look at him the next uh, draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Montreal has since passed as the first team we looked at, but if you want to pick up a player in, in fantasy, Petrie was unbelievable for me. I have a screenshot on my phone of one night where he scored in the double digits, um, and he was a very consistent player for me in uh, um, fantasy. And he he was a, a sleeper pick for me that I couldn't believe he was available, and I took him. So if you want some fantasy options, Bo Horvat and uh, Jeff Petrie, um, as well as even Andre, or not Andre, as well as Andre Kopitar. He was a sleeper pick, and, and he produced for uh, the guy that eventually ended up winning our uh, – Fantasy league, Frank yeah, Patrick. Um, yes, but I like uh, the the production of Thatcher Demko. I really thought that he, um, again, I I think that if if you really want to look at it, uh, their defense this year was just god awful, and it really killed both goaltenders Demko and Holpe. Because um, if you look at their numbers, they're not too, they're not great. But I think if if Vancouver were to get better defensively. Um, their goaltenders will definitely uh, reap the benefits of that, especially um, last year in the bubble when uh, Thatcher Demko came in game, I think it was five, six, and seven. And one of the games, I think he posted a shutout, and it looked like they were going to come back from being down three to one against uh, Vegas. But of course, um, Vegas finally got past uh, Demko in game seven, and they eventually got eliminated. But, you know, if, if their defense can get better, I think Thatcher Demko will have a really bounce back season. And then one more uh, thing to note here is they're looking to acquire Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, and it sounded like they were willing to trade Nate Schmidt up to get uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. And a lot of people were critical of that because if you look at Oliver Ekman Larson's numbers, they've kind of dipped. And Nate Schmidt, though, again, he had a pretty bad season in uh, Vancouver. Um, he's definitely, I think, the better defenseman, especially because he's a younger uh, defenseman than Oliver ekman Larson. So I'll mention that there as well. I think that's pretty much it with Vancouver. So we'll move on to the uh, the Washington Capitals. But beforehand, we'll just note here that Vegas is uh, exempt from this uh, expansion draft. I don't know if it's um, a specific time in the league you have to be in in order to be exposed in the expansion draft, but they've only been around for four years. So maybe it was like a a five year, maybe you have to be in the league for five years or something like that in order to be qualified for the expansion draft. But, you know, whatever it is, Vegas was exempt. So we'll go to uh, Washington. Washington decided to protect uh, Nicholas Backstrom, Lars Eller, Denny Kuznetsov, Anthony Mantha, TJ Oshie, Daniel Sprong, Tom Wilson, John Carlson, uh, Dmitry Orlov, Trevor Vane, Reemsdyke, and Ilya Samsonov, which left Vitek Vanacek available. Brendan Dillon, uh, Zdeno Char, if you really wanted to pick him, Michael Kempney, Connor Sheary, uh, Alex Ovechkin is available, um, but I think 
he will likely resign with Washington. Um, you know, I, I think that Seattle won't pick a lot of, you know, Seattle won't pick a guy like Landis Cog or Ovechkin, for example, because um, specifically with Ovechkin, I think he resigns with Washington, and then specifically with uh, Landis Cog, he's just asking for too much. So I think it's a lot of teams trying to, you know, make you overthink, like you said. But uh, you know, I might go with. Uh, wow, there's actually a lot more people. There's Justin Schultz. Boy, I don't know, man. I like Michael Kempney, but I don't think he played much at all last season. He was dealing with an injury. Brendan Dillon isn't bad. Um, maybe Carl Haglin. That's tough, man. Raffles available as well. You got yeah. that kind of series on there, dude. There's there's a good amount for sure. The Ovechkin one is uh, interesting. They uh, they left him open there, and um, you know that was something that we had just mentioned uh, to Tampa to leave their superstar off. Their franchise guy uh, exposed like they did, like Washington did here. It'll be interesting to see who they pick from Washington, but yeah, dude, Nick Dowd. Haglin, yeah, yeah, there's there's some options from this team. Uh, if you don't go with Ovechkin, yeah, like I said, Schultz, uh, Vitek, Vanacek, they're all available. It's yeah, the it's, Vanacek is a competing uh, contender with uh, Kakonen. Yes, I think. Yep, that is a good point. Yeah, like here's a team where you probably really can't go wrong. Maybe just yeah. stay away from Chara, stay away from Ovechkin, and I, I think you'll be good. You'll come out ahead on this one. I agree. Uh, I think we mentioned it with Montreal. It's just you can't go wrong with whoever they pick. There's just so many people available. Right. And then to wrap us up, it is the Winnipeg Jets who have protected Kyle Connor, Andrew Kopp, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Nikolai Ehlers, Adam Lowry, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Josh Morrissey, Neil Ponick, Logan Stanley, and Connor Hallibuck. I actually just remembered this. Um, so I'll go back to Washington real quick. But they decided to protect Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, and I think the reason why they did that is because he is likely to be dealt and traded. And Washington probably wants to get something out of him rather than exposing him to the draft and losing him for nothing. Uh, so I think. I see. They protected Evgeny Kuznetsov. I forgot to mention that. Um, but anyway, going back to Winnipeg here, a guy that sticks out to me is Paul Stastny, uh, for sure. Dude, I... <laughs> yep, that's exactly who I was going to go with. Yeah. Um, you... The only Outside thing is, of... man, he turns 36 this year. Oh, wow. All right, yeah. let's, let's quickly check his cap then, because he might be a UFA if he's being exposed at that age yeah yeah he is yep is he okay yeah that's unfortunate (laughs) um mason appleton uh i guess then he's probably an rfa though so he probably won't be selected but again i i watched a lot of leafs games jets games um and mason appleton was a guy who stuck out to me uh for Jets. He does have a year left. He's 25 years old with a $900,000 cap hit. Uh, so 
if they decide not to go with Paul Stastny or they just don't decide to pick him, I think Mason, Mason Appleton's a pretty good pick here. Uh, even Matthew gotcha. sticks out. Um, yeah, that's who I was just going to mention. Yeah. Those yeah. are three, three viable options. Stastny is, honestly, I mean, Stastny, you might be committing the, the captain to, you might be, you might have to commit at least an A to that guy. Um, yep. to help you guys, you know, help guide you guys through it. Uh, but, but if that's the guy you want to go after, I suggest just doing it in free agency, especially given the, uh, his contract status. So if that's the case, yeah, Mason Appleton, not a bad, you know, not a bad guy to take a chance on. Pro would also be a UFA. Um, he is at 33 as well. So you might have an issue signing with him. It's unfortunate that some of these guys aren't on contracts because I think if they were, they'd be an easy pick for uh, for Seattle. Um, and then as far as their defensemen go, Tucker Pullman sticks out, as well as Dylan DeMello. Uh, Derek Forbert is a is a big defenseman, but I think he's up there in age. So I, I think if Seattle wanted to, they got to, to um, to Winnipeg and they were happy with their forward core that they picked, then getting a, a defenseman for them, I would probably go with Dylan DeMello here. But again, I think he would be a, an RFA, so he might not. No, he's on a contract for the next three years at $3 million. So yeah, Dylan nice. DeMello, if they wanted to go uh, a defenseman, he sticks out to me, uh, especially if you didn't want to pick Paul Stastny or Perot. And again, if you were okay with your forward core and not picking Appleton, Dylan DeMille, I think, would be the way to go here. I, uh, you laid that out perfectly, dude. I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking at their protected. Uh, let me just look up here, Luke Dubois, real quick, because I just want to see if he is on an expiring contract. He is, has time left. Yeah, so he only has one more year left uh, with $5 million. Then he's an RFA. Uh, Mark Shifley, yeah, that makes sense. Blake Wheeler. Oh, Logan Stanley, he's a new and upcoming defenseman. He's a big, big defenseman. Let me just quickly look up his height. Uh, he might be in the same category that uh, Jamie Alexi. Just a 6'7 defenseman. That's, yep, yeah. he's, he's exactly 6'7. So, oh, yeah. Uh, he he is a huge defenseman who who played for them this season. I think it was his his breakout year. Um, definitely a guy I like seeing. Shot blocker uh, could even score a little bit. Uh, had a disappointing uh, postseason with the Jets, but you know, aside from their sweep of the uh, of the Oilers, they had a disappointing second round. Again. Yeah, I was gonna say who didn't have a depressing postseason on that team? Yeah. Um, but I think to round it out, I love protecting Ehlers, by the way. Um, for more fantasy advice, I picked him in my fantasy league, and the guy just lit it up. Uh, so if you want some fantasy advice from the Winnipeg Jets, you know, Ehlers is definitely out there. If, you know, say Shifley or Wheeler or Connor were taken, Ehlers was the next guy I'd pick. I'd even pick him over Dubois, um, personally. I, I really, really love Nick Ehlers. He's my favorite Jet by far, and um, similarly to what I was saying on a bonus episode where Jeff Petrie in last year's bubble kind of exposed me to him, and then I really followed him after that. Um, watching the Jets 
games as much as I could this year. It definitely exposed me to, to Ehlers. I mean, I knew a little bit about him beforehand, but uh, the more I watched mm-hmm. Jets, the more I just began to to really like to see what I yeah. saw Ehlers. Yeah, you leading up to this, doing this podcast, like throughout, we've been talking about uh, doing this for a, a good long while now, Nick and I. And um, like this season specifically, I remember you mentioning him, uh, you know, plugging him pretty early on. Uh, I think, you know, uh, fantasy kind of drew your eyes to him, but you definitely. Um, put the spotlight on him this season he gave him the credit where credit was due leading into it so um i'll just i'll just pop that in there that little tidbit yeah absolutely take that home with you <laughs> yeah yeah uh, with that being said though i, I think uh, we're, we're pretty much wrapped up here uh what andy and i will do is we will uh post our um our teams and our cap hits on a uh, um, on both the description of the uh, podcast as well as an Instagram account that we will make. And just so you guys have the reference for that. And, um, you know, outside from that, we hope you guys enjoy the off season. Um, I believe today there's 85 more days until the regular season. Uh, so, you know, you're playing a countdown here for me, at least I'm definitely counting down the days for the, for the regular season to start. As well as, I'll be honest, I definitely want to see a little bit more trades. I mean, we keep hearing about Vladimir Tarasenko wanting to be traded. We keep hearing about Zach Hyman and his contract. And we keep hearing about the yeah. well, I kind of want to see a little bit more action in the offseason. Yeah. I we feel just like got to wait till Wednesday, man. Wait for the expansion yeah. draft, and then people are just going to start flying. Yeah, I agree. Um, previous to the protected players list, you saw a couple of trades come out. That's when Goudreau went to... Uh, the Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple of movements there, but you're absolutely right. Once this expansion draft is done, you're going to start seeing players. The deals are just going to start yeah. wheeling. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, you know, keep enjoying the offseason as much as you can. Try to keep up with all the trades. Um, we certainly will. Uh, and as always, stay safe and uh, Peace out. Peace out. Peace out.